welcome to Devotional. This is lesson number 5 for Wednesday, December 19. So, we have covered a lot so far in this lesson as far as leadership, church structure, and what is church. And Wednesday, the lesson is not letting up. This is the heavy-duty day. I'm just going to read to you the title of today's lesson. Church Discipline. Wow. When was the last time we discussed this, right? It's not a comfortable one. The lesson is right off the bat says it. It's a sticky, touchy subject that can easily be misunderstood. It definitely has, and it's, but it's needed. I forgot to tell you that yesterday uh, I called it, instead of preserving church unity, I called it the immune system part one. <laughs> and today's lesson is the immune system part two. And yesterday I was hopefully giving you a little bit of a background of the immune system so you understand why I was thinking about elders and deacons particularly as part of the immune system of the body, continually serving, continually evaluating what I'm reading, what I'm exposing myself to, you know, what videos am I watching, what sermons do I listen to um, that, that teach doctrine. Uh, am I guarding myself? Uh, you and I are not about being de- deceived. Um, so we are, as a pastor, I need to be careful of my mental diet, my spiritual diet, because um, using, the, again, the analogy of the body, right? What a mother eats, it passes on to the babies. What I feed my mind and heart will make it into the sermons and it will make it into my churches. So I need to guard my heart and I need to make sure that what I am teaching as best as I can is, is, doc, is sound doctrine from scripture that I can with, with verity say I have looked at the scriptures and I can defend from the scriptures the positions that I have taken and they do not contradict the things that our church has agreed on are, are biblical. Now, in matters of the immune system part two, is related, and I wrote three words, allergies, lupus, and AIDS. Um, if, if we're going to compare the immune system and seek to apply lessons to discipline, discipline is approaching church members uh, with love and concern for the church member and wanting the church member to heal. We cannot force individuals, and like the lesson says, it can be easily be misunderstood. And I think part of that misunderstanding may be to how church discipline has done the, been done the wrong way in the past, you know, where there's been shaming. And uh, like I said, you know, this lesson is very practical as far as bringing it to the church. You know, many churches brought it to the entire church during worship when I think bringing it to the church board would have been sufficient. In certain circumstances, I think that would have been very helpful. There may be situations, uh, right now I can't think of one, that the entire church should be made uh, known. But for the most part, I think the board would be sufficient so that the leadership can relate to whatever situation may have happened. But church discipline done wrong has done a lot, a lot wrong to church discipline. And the only thing that can correct it is a consistently doing it correct. doing it the right way the way the lesson points it out the immune system is what keeps the church supposed to keep the church pure morally and doctrinally and the the lesson speaks about both and morally you know the difficulty there is when the leaders themselves are failing morally because we can't we we don't have the conviction we don't have the traction Uh, the spirit of God is convicting us you know 
if if I find that um, a church member is stealing and uh, the boss is complaining to us, hey, your church member that's asking me, asking me to give give him Sabbath, I found that he's stealing from a company. Do you guys see to how you, gonna, you guys want to relate to this? And as I am the pastor, I'm embezzling money from the church, right? I'm buying this and that using church funds. How am I going to be able to approach that brother about what I'm feeling at myself? The importance of what we talked about earlier, right? My identity in Christ. That is crucial on a daily basis, assuring my own conscience that I have opened myself to the influence of God, that I have asked him for the fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit, and to have saturated my mind with the scriptures. That is not something that I need to do when I have to preach or teach a Sabbath school or give a Bible study. That is something that should be happening on a daily basis because I am a redeemed, saved sinner with plenty of bad habits that Satan knows very well how to tap into. And without the grace of God today, I could be heading in the wrong direction and become a defect, defective immune system, an inefficient and at times dangerous immune system. Um, I told you that I compared today's um, the church discipline to the immune system part two and those three words, right? Allergies, lupus, and AIDS. Allergies are when your immune system has, for whatever reason, uh, sometimes because of you as a child, when your immune system was still immature, learning what is and what is not part of the body, some things were introduced to you that the body just simply uh, interpreted as as a, being a pathogen, as something that's going to harm the body. So it develops an immunity against those things. And so pollen, right? Pollen is not harmful for you and me. does not nothing to us. But some, some individuals get exposed to it and the body uh, interprets that to be a harmful thing. And so we learn to attack things that really we shouldn't be spending our energies on. And I'm hopefully phrasing it that way, it's already making you think of things. Right, as a church, as a church leader, are you spending your time and energies on things that matter or allergies? <laughs> are you fighting pollen? <laughs> um, because pollen doesn't do any harm to the body. People think that pollen is horrible, but it's not. It's just that your immune system has misinterpreted what pollen is and decides to attack it every time you're exposed to it. And so your histamines and everything else reacts and you get a stuffy nose and puffy eyes and you're, you're miserable. Not because pollen is something that should be making you miserable, but because your body has learned to treat it as if it was you know, the cold virus or the flu virus. And so you react to it. If I am not grounded in scriptures, I could get caught up in things that will make me or cause me to fight things that have nothing to do with reality. Uh, first year or two that I was at Oakwood, a well-meaning individual approached me with pamphlets and would you know, tell me that the blood of my church is, will be in my hand if I do not warn them of the dangers of receiving certain electrical meters, digital electrical meters from DTE. And, and I'm not going to go into all the theology behind it, but he felt so compelled to invest all his energies in warning people against the evils of getting an electrical electrical meter placed. Remember those that they had the electric the DTE person having to look at the meter themselves and drive away to the next house and, and write write it down. DTE moved to a digital version of that and so he felt that this was part of prophecy being fulfilled. 
And if I didn't warm my churches, the blood of my churches would be in my hand. That individual, for me, is, is a misguided immune system. It is totally convinced that this is such a great evil. We need to invest every possible resource in attacking <coughs> electrical meters from DTE. And I hope, <coughs> I mean, I, I think it is, we may be able to chuckle a bit at the situation, but I don't chuckle at it because he was that serious. And he would get angry at me because I would not join in his attack of the evil electrical DTE meter. But before we chuckle so much at him, <clears throat> how sure am I that I don't invest my energies and time and resources on other things that don't merit so much time and resources? As an elder, as a deacon and deaconess, God has called us to a higher responsibility and accountability. Just like God will you know, hold accountable, <laughs> well, I don't want to say he will hold accountable your liver, or your kidneys, but he has designed them to create, to cause certain aspects of you to function properly, right? And there are some things that uh, just have hierarchy of function, like your lungs. How long would you be alive if all of a sudden your lungs collapsed? Both of them, fully, no more oxygen. How long would you be alive versus if your stomach all of a sudden shut down? Um, you may still have some sugar floating around in your system, that you would be able to at least make it to a hospital, right? But if your lungs shut down, you may be able to dial 911 and that's it. There is a level of importance in being an elder, being a deacon, and being a deaconess. And the primary responsibility is doctrinal soundness. That you are investing time in the scriptures. If you're a deacon, and um, you are investing a substantial amount of time in the scriptures, in the word of God, you are understanding deacon as the Bible presents it. I fault me and the church in having presented deaconship to our churches in general as a position that largely de depends on the you know, maintenance of the church. And though, though there may be some elements to that hinted at in the scriptures, they're not the primary ones. When the church divides itself, the deacons came into existence to squelch a division within the church. It's a huge responsibility. And what was the criteria? Individuals that were filled with the Holy Spirit. And Philip was an evangelist and he was a deacon. And we already talked about Stephen, the first martyr. The first martyr that preaches a sermon that occupies almost an entire chapter in the book of Acts, a long chapter. Deacons ought to have thorough knowledge of the scriptures. And that is an invitation. It should not discourage you and this is not to shame anyone. Um, I've shared with you in a previous podcast. I am a pastor. I'm still becoming familiar with the minor prophets. I've invested quite a bit of time. I mean, Genesis became my favorite part of the Bible. So I spent a lot of time there, the Gospels too. But I know that I need to be acquainted with the entirety of scriptures, whether I, I prefer or not. Um, but the Minor Prophets, I'm, I'm working on that. I, I, I'm challenging myself to be a person that can preach the word from anywhere. And I'm inviting you as a deacon. If you, have, um, if you right now feel like you have not spent or invested in developing your spiritual tenor, your, your 
your substance spiritually. Uh, if you're listening to this, take this as an invitation of God saying, I have, I've loved your dedication. Thank you for what you do for the church. But the primary purpose for deacons and deaconesses and elders are for the spiritual integrity, the teaching integrity of the church. Sabbath school teachers, by default, of course, of course fall under that. And in order for you to do that, you need to be saturated with the scriptures. You need to expose your mind to it on a daily basis and not just read it. You need to study it because we could be attacking things that don't merit any attack. How do you know? You know, how would you know? We would know when we understand the scriptures. Not everything's going to be as obvious as the electric meter from DTE. Now, those allergies. Um, I want to talk about lupus. Um, and then I'm going to leave AIDS for later on this week. Lupus is an immune system that is not um, attacking things that come from the outside. Lupus is unique in that the immune system has misunderstood the, the, the identifying DNA from organs within the body. Um, if allergies are our immune system attacking pollen and other you know, dust and things like that, things that come from the outside in, lupus is the immune system attacking itself. The immune system attacking the liver, right? The immune system attacking the heart, which is very dangerous. Um, there are different parts of the body that lupus will attack. And of course, it's difficult because the um, person will get very sick as the immune system is attacking the liver or another organ or tissue. And so how do you do that? You suppress, you give medicines to suppress the immune system so that the immune system is not damaging that organ. But in, in suppressing the immune system, you leave the person open for infections, a very complex situation. Thus the importance of a healthy immune system. You as an elder and deacons, and I've spent some time with the deacons as well, but I, I need to address also us pastors and elders, but specifically elders. What are you reading theologically? What are you investing your time in growing yourself spiritually? How are you relating to the scriptures? And I'm speaking now very pointedly to Seventh-day Adventist elders. What are you um, doing to make sure that using this analogy of the, the immune system, you are an immune system that will attack things that are actually harmful to the body, but that you're not attacking the body itself. Within leaders, we need to have a sound understanding of who we are fighting against, right? And I'm mean, thinking of Ephesians chapter 6, which is easy to read, but when it comes to practicing it, I recognize when I lose sight of that reality. And I'm thinking that I am wrestling against flesh and blood. When Paul says, we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. We are in, engaged in a spiritual battle, and spiritual battles can only be fought with spiritual weapons. And 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 tells us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty, divinely powerful, because the weapons of, of our warfare are designed to address the mind, the thoughts, and the feelings. 
the, un the misunderstandings that happen between brothers and sisters in the church can sometimes, and I believe a lot of times, instigated and originated by the adversary. The misunderstandings and whisperings in the thoughts and causing things to appear as they are really not and lack of communication. I mean, there's one thing that our body is constantly doing with itself. It's continually communicating. It's continually communicating within itself. Um, you're not breathing because it's a reflex built in, you know, timed reaction. You're, you're, there are sensors uh, within your body, specific parts of your body that are continually monitoring the amount of carbon monoxide in your blood. And when the level goes sufficiently high, a reflex reaction takes place, very complex, that causes you to take air in. So you can take oxygen so that they can be oxygenated, that, that um, exchange within the lungs of those molecules of the oxygen and the carbon monoxide. And so we are continually uh, caused to breathe because their body is continually communicating within itself. How often do you communicate with other church leaders? How often do you, do you feel that they need to communicate with other church leaders, with the other deacons and myself as a pastor? How often am I in touch with my deacons, my head deacon, my elders, uh, the, the personal ministries? You know, it's a challenge for myself. Communication is key to remind ourselves who we ought to be addressing and using the language of the body, who ought we, who, what should we be fighting? Our spiritual warfare is against the adversary. And the first and foremost mode of attack is prayer. Prayer, prayerful communication, prayerful accountability, prayerful discipline. There are times that the body has to destroy certain cells. And again, I'm not saying we destroy church members. <laughs> I am addressing what Paul says. We are destroying fortresses. We are destroying thoughts that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. We are destroying misunderstandings, prejudices that are, you know, these strongholds in people's minds. And we are destroying that through showing humility and a servant-like attitude. I am not who, who Satan is telling you I am. And the only way that I can ever convince you is by washing your feet consistently. By letting you know that the love of Jesus actuates my words and actions. And allowing time so that you can know and understand who I am. And I speak not just as a pastor. I'm, I'm trying to present to you words that you need to adopt as a leader. If there are misunderstandings of others against you, that is the attitude of Christ. That is the attitude that God exhibited towards Lucifer in heaven. And that is the attitude that God in Christ exhibited towards humanity. When we were punching, hitting, and spitting on him, and, nailing, and, and putting nails on his, on his hands at the cross, Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That is what broke, broke our hearts. That is what leads us to repentance. And the immune system needs to be continually calibrated that way. Otherwise, we are prone to attacking other parts that belong to Christ, that are part of the church. So I'm hoping that these will give you a lot to think about, especially if you are a church leader. The importance, the centrality of the scriptures, how much they need to be a center part of your life.